being surprised by a baby. And I think um, today that, that there's a good title for where we're going to go. If there had been any other way, any other way, uh, God might have done it. Way back in Genesis in the Bible, God showed us that man had a problem and only Jesus could solve. The problem was sin. The problem was, was, was the, a break in the relationships between Adam and Eve and God. And they were thrown out of the garden. And through a series of events, we now know as the Bible history, shows us that uh, during that time, God and man were, were separated. They were not together. There was nothing that was good about that relationship. Because of that sin, they couldn't coexist. God's story is how that God got his son to the world, the bloodlines, the heritage, we talked about that the first week, the wars, the struggles, the intense things that, got, that went on. And then we pick up the story in Matthew and Mark and Luke that God sent a baby. He sent a baby. Um, and he sent it through a little 13 or 14-year-old girl who didn't have any kind of relations with, with a man. He was born in a very unlikely place, a smelly animal stable with no earthly family uh, or fanfare, just a, just a little small infant, just a small infant in a little bitty obscure manger in Bethlehem. Christmas reminds us, Christmas reminds us that the world needed saving. The world needed a savior. The world needed someone who could come and put things back together. Many people that first Christmas, they missed the Christmas because they were too busy. They didn't look up. They didn't see the star. They didn't care about it. They just sat in their, in their little cozy living rooms or whatever they had back then, and they sat there, and they went about their business. But there was those who looked, they found. And when they found, the Bible says they worshiped, and they were amazed, and they were surprised. They were surprised that the Messiah had come through a baby. And that's an amazing thing. And don't let that get lost in this Christmas season. It, it, is, it is such a wonderful thing to think about uh, that God did this through that little baby. We start off our, our passage with a passage I've used several times uh, this, this sermon series. Uh, it's Luke 2.12. The angel says this. Let's go. Uh, you'll find the... Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. A shepherd says, let's go and let's see. Let's go and let's see. And the, the angel told them that you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And, and so the, the shepherds did what only the shepherds could do. Hey, let's go. Let's go. We talked about that uh, last week ad nauseum. Later on, another group of men who get accustomed, they're always talked about, and you see a lot of, of TVs and movies, and the wise men, they're always at the manger. Well, of course, they weren't, we, the Bible tells that story that they weren't at the manger. They were, they were probably, it was probably some two years later that they showed up. But these men started on a journey that, that took several years to follow that star, and they came bearing gifts. And they said, let us go and let us worship this one who is the Savior of all there is. Christmas is about getting to know that baby. It's about getting to know God. It's about walking with him better. It is about understanding that through that baby, <laughs> everything 
that matters matters. So God sent his son Jesus to give us hope and to save us and to all the things that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. If you're honest and you're here today and you're, you've had any kind of life and you're living any kind of, 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 of an existence, you've had this question go through your mind. And the question is this, you, you've thought about why am I here? Why did God make me? Why, why am I on this planet? What's my purpose? And I, I want to say to you this morning that you've ever had that and you've, you've just kind of wondered and thought of that negatively, I want you to understand that that's God reaching out to you. And that's God saying to you, no, I, I put that in you to look for me. There's an innate uh, thing in us that God put in us that, that says, seek and you'll find. And I understand that there's, and see, the devil has, has put so many things and used so many good things that God made to take people's attention and divert it away from them. Even Christmas, his, the birth is, that, that it's all about. The devil has taken that and, and turned it in and made it into the things that it's not about. And, and people get distracted and people get, uh, they, they, they find themselves dismayed and going, I, I don't want anything to do with Christmas or this baby of Christmas. So you need to understand this morning that, that if you've ever had those longings in your heart and just say, why did God ever make me? It's because he, when, he, when he made you, he thought of you, he had a plan, and he had a purpose for you. And that baby brought that all to fruition. So today we're gonna, I want to send you home with what do we know uh, about that and what do we know about those, uh, the very existence of this baby and, and the, the surprise that he brings to us and that, that we need to live out on a daily basis. The first thing that I want to share with you, because of a baby, we get the gift of forgiveness. We get the gift of forgiveness. And that's another thing that Christmas is about. You know, people say it's about family, and it is. But it, one of the big things of this baby is it's about forgiveness. So because we needed to have someone stand in that gap, that, that huge gap between us and God. Luke 2, 11 says this. Today your Savior was born. He is Christ the Lord. All who believe in Jesus will be forgiven of their sins through his name, Acts says in 10.43. So let's focus on that first verse. Today, a Savior is born. See, that there, there it is, a Savior. Why do we need a Savior? Because we needed saving. <laughs> we needed saving, every one of us. It, it, it was... It, it, and the reason that we, that we give and we think about this is why, why do we need a Savior? It's because we were a mess. We had sin in our lives. And we, we needed somebody that could come in and, and, and do something about that. Because God had sent it up, had sent up the whole process that there was going to be a place called heaven and there was going to be a place called hell. And imperfect people could never go to heaven. They could never go to heaven. And so through this baby, God sent a means by which all men could go to heaven and be perfect, not because of them, not because of who you are or how good you are, but because of the baby, because of Jesus. See, God sent somebody that took that ticket and he punched your ticket and he punched my ticket and it's a get into heaven free ticket. 
And it's an incredible ticket. It's the best ticket you'll ever, ever have. The good news is that a Savior has been born. And that's what we have to continue on with today. You see, we humans had this problem. The human's greatest need was forgiveness. He says, until you, a Savior, Savior will be born. There's why we have to understand you and I can be forgiven. We can be forgiven and we can forgive others. But you have to admit that you need a Savior. You have to admit that you need saving. And a lot of people would look at that and go, why? I'm okay. I'm a what? I'm a good person. Yeah, you, you probably are. <laughs> but you're not the person that God intended for you to be until you admit that you need a Savior. If you don't have a Savior, then you don't need saving. And if you're not saved, you're not going to go to heaven. Very simply, very easy. Maybe today it's a convenient time for some of you to look at your lives and say, have I ever done that? Have I ever, have I ever asked this Savior into my life? Maybe today it's a convenient time for some of you to say, I need to recommit to this one who called me. Because I've made this life about so many things besides the baby. I've made this life about me and about my happiness and about my, my expectations and the things that I want to do. And maybe God is going to whisper in your ear today through his Holy Spirit, hey, hey, come back, come back. That's the message of Christmas. Two messages. Come home for the first time and come back. The second thing that we, that we hear and, and understand about this surprise of the baby is because of the baby, we get a gift of peace of mind. And I'm going to spend a minute on this today because I think this is one of our biggest issues in the church and outside the church is peace of mind. Psalm says this, 119.65, those who love your teachings will find true peace. And then in Matthew 11.29, Jesus said, Learn from me, and you will find rest for your lives. Because of this baby, because of Jesus, you and I can have peace of mind. And so many of us today, we struggle with that. We struggle with, with sleep, with finding sleep. We struggle with the thoughts that go through our head, that race through our head day and night. And we wonder, <laughs> where is that peace? And I think many of us are chasing peace, and we don't even know it. Many of us are saying things like, I'm stressed, and saying things like, I'm just so worried, and I'm so concerned, and those are all to do with peace. Because the baby, you get a gift of peace of mind, and it's yours to open, and it's yours to open on a daily basis. Real peace of mind comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Real peace only comes through that. God sent his son so that we could not become his buddy, but so that he could become our savior. He is not the big man up in the sky. He's not this, this, this guy that, that I can just, you know, throw down a beer with once in a while and say, hey, I like you. You're a good guy. No, he's not that. That's not him at all. He is a savior. He is a savior and he desires a relationship with you and with me. See, real peace is knowing that no matter what I do, 
God's never going to stop loving us. And we, we don't understand that so much because when we act unlovely, we think that people around us are going to stop loving us. And sometimes they do. And there's some of you who are here understand that. You've been left. You've been left by a friend. You've been left by a lover. You've been left by, by someone who you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with. And you thought it was going to be this way and that way and this way. But this morning, I want you to understand that real peace comes from knowing that God will never leave you. He will never forsake you, no matter what it is you're going through. Real peace happens when in 2023, no matter how horrific it gets. 2022 may have been incredible for you, and it may have been the worst year of your life. I don't know. But real peace is knowing no matter what happens this next year, God is going to be there with you going through everything that happens. Real peace is living by God's word in the Bible. Because when you live by what it says in, the, in his word, peace comes. I don't understand it. Because when we do it, it's like what Wade was talking about, about giving. And, and we, we stand up and some guy says, let's, let's give, our, give a part of your income. And you're going, I'm broke. I've spent Christmas and I did this and I got this and I got two car payments and I got a house and I got this. And, 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 and you think, how am I going to do it? And I'm, I'm worried about the world. And see, real peace comes when you understand God has got you no matter what. God is going to be with you no matter what's going on in your life. And it comes when we follow the advice, not the advice, the word that God set up for us to obey in his word. Family, it is, it's important to have this real peace, especially at Christmas, because Christmas magnifies everything. Goodness, it magnifies. Horribleness, it makes even more horrible. It makes it crummy. Some of you can understand that today. Understand this, family, that there's three things that are going to rob you of your peace of mind, and there's three G's. And I'm going to talk about this next year a lot because this is some of the things I think that rob Christians of their peace. The first one is this, guilt. Guilt. You don't have to walk out of, out of a church. You don't have to work out, walk out of here this morning because of stuff that you did in the past. You may have been a, a horrible person. You may have hurt people, or you may have been hurt horribly. But God doesn't want you to live with that guilt. He wants you to give it to him. This baby is willing to take that guilt away. Grief. Grief, the other G word. Christmas brings all kinds of memories. And I, as I said just a minute ago, when, when you're here and you're not like you used to be. Some of you, you, you remember when you were young and vibrant and you didn't have to have a walker and you didn't have to have a cane and you didn't have to have whatever it is you got in your, in your existence and you're sitting there going today, man, I, I, this getting old business is hard. It's hard and it turns into what? Grief. Because you can't do the stuff that you like to do, that, you used to, that you're used to do, that your mind says you can do, but you can't. You know what I'm saying, some of you? Yeah. Yeah, grief. 
It's not just by losing somebody. It's not just by, it doesn't just come. It comes when, when you, you thought you were going to have this kind of family and you don't have this kind of family and you thought your kids were going to be okay and you thought your kids were going to grow up and be this and they're still in the house and they're still there and they're still doing and you're still around. Oh, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. And then there's some people going, man, I wish I had somebody to think about like that. There's always somebody that's going to look at your life and go, what do you complain about, bucko? What do you complain about? See, it, it's, grief is not just loss. It's loss of everything. And there's all of us in this room experiencing that. And what it does is it gets our eyes off of this and puts our eyes on this. And that's where Satan is so, so tricky and he's so devious and so cunning today. The last G, <laughs> grudges. There's guilt, grief, and grudges. And what I mean by grudge, I mean being resentful. You do something and you do, oh, I can't believe I did that. I don't want to do that. They asked me to do that. And you, you get it in your heart and it just eats you alive while you're doing it. We feel guilty, we, we feel hurt by it, we feel resentful, and then and this grudge happens, and you, you, you want to forgive somebody, and you just this grudge just comes up that they hurt me. I think that's one of the biggest problems that God's people has, is that somebody hurts us, and they hurt us bad, I get it. And you say, I can't forgive them. And you're right, now without Jesus you can't. But Jesus is calling some of you today, to stop the blood feud that's going on in, with you and that person. There's some of you that have cut ties with people that you should have never. There's some of you that, that ha, are holding on to grudges and, and this, this for unforgiveness in your heart, and it is stopping you. So, oh, I'm doing fine. No, you're not. You don't even know you're not. Let me throw something out at you. What? What if you don't have any more Christmases? What if this is the last Christmas? What if to th this next year, you're not here anymore? What if you're not here? Well, glory for you if you're in Jesus. But what about the people that you didn't forgive? What about the people that you, you, didn't, you didn't make amends with? See, God is calling us as a church to get holy and blameless. And it's not about you being all goody-goody. It's about you saying, I'm going to make things right because Jesus did. If he can make things right of me, in spite of me being a big zumbo, then he, I, I, I can do anything. There's nobody that I can't forgive. There's nobody that I can't make amends with. No matter how hard it was or how hurtful it is. If God can give your forgive your past, why can't you? Why can't you? If God can forgive all the silly, nilly, dumb things that we do, why can't you forgive somebody that's hurt you? Well, they deserve it. No, yeah, they probably do. They probably deserve the, 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 the feelings that you have. But guess what? So do you. So do you. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. All he sees is the blood of this one who, was, who came 
and shed that blood so that he looks at you and goes, there's my kid. There's my kid. I love him. And you know that's so because you all have some, some of you have some kids that are real knotheads. I've, ta- I've talked about this before time and time again. You have kids that are not making good choices and you still love them. That's how God is with you. And that's what God wants you to do with his people. People that have hurt you immensely. Chew on that today. Chew on that this week. What if this was your last Christmas? What if it was? What if next year is your last year? What are the things? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that uh, January 1st. We're going to talk about, what if, what if this next year is your last year? What are you holding on to? Because you know there's, there was people that were here last Christmas that aren't here today. They aren't here, and they didn't know they weren't going to be here. You say, boy, that's a downer, Jeff, on, on Christmas. Don't you, aren't you supposed to lift us up here a little bit? Maybe. But I'm also wanting you to think. And I want you to think enough that you turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, me and you, we need to do some business. We need to do some business. Lastly, because of a baby, we get the gift of eternal life. Do not ever, ever, ever take that for granted. If there's any gift of Christmas, it should be of you goosebumps. It should be that one right there. Frankly, church, frankly, friends, we are all on a journey to die. We're all going to die someday. We don't know when. You're going to spend more time in this life on the other side than you are in this life. And so what if your life is full of hardships? So what if your life is full of horrible things for 60, 70? I understand. What if it's full of those things for 60, 70 years? There's still glory. There's still glory. There's always glory for those who have have come to him and said, here I am, Jesus. I give you my life. I want to follow you. Only a fool would go through this life unprepared for the next one. Only a fool would go to heaven and go, uh, or think about going to, to die, or thinking about living and not be prepared for eternal life. Everybody buys some kind of insurance. Everyone has some kind of term life, some kind of whole life policy. And you're thinking about your loved ones, you better be thinking about your eternity. And you better, you better be sharing that hope, holding that, that hope with those in your family, those that you love, those that you care about. You better be praying for them day and night that they don't go to hell. Because everyone, everyone has that choice to make and say, do I have it or do I not? And if you do not know today whether you have it, then we need to speak. We need to speak. The good news is what Christmas is all about, is that Jesus Christ came to give eternity a gift, the best gift ever. Romans says it this way, 117. God makes us ready for heaven when we put our faith in Christ to save us. The one who finds life will find it 
through trusting God. That's how you find life, through trusting God. You don't find it in some of the ways that we look to. God says, I'll take care of your past regrets. I'll take care of your, pa- your present problems, and I'll take care of your future fears today. When you summarize those into one word, it's all called this, salvation. We don't talk about it a lot in the church anymore. Anytime you hear that, God saves me, Jesus saves me, it means he cleared up your past, he takes care of your present, and he wants your future to be incredible. Heaven doesn't get any better than that. Full-time ecstasy, full-time glee, full-time no tears, no pain, no problems. All the searching we do on this earth is actually pointless to God. All the, the, the people that are addicts, all the people that are addicted to whatever it is they're addicted to, they're looking for this same thing that we found. They're looking for God, but they think they found it in a bottle. They think they found it in a drug. They think they found it in sex. They think they found it in a relationship. They think they found it everywhere but where it was on that first Christmas in that manger. And there is no salvation outside of that baby than through that baby. That's the only way the Bible says that we get to God. God has placed in us a God-shaped hole that only he can fill. And no medication of any kind, no numbness will make you find and fill that hole permanently. You will fill it for a minute. You will fill it for a second. And then something else happens. God wants to fill that hole. John says this. I think I put this. I want to make sure I did. Yeah, I did. Christ, God's Son, has come to help us understand and find the true God. And then Jeremiah says this, and puts it even more succinctly. Back in the Old Testament, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will find me. And I, I want to I make sure you understand that. He's not just talking about salvation there. He's talking about when you're going through the, the brush. When you're going through the problems that you're going, when you seek him, you will find him. When you find him, he will fill that hole and he will show you that he's there and that he has a plan and a purpose for you. If God would have wanted to communicate to cows, he would have become a cow. If he wanted to communicate to ants, he would have become an ant. But he wanted to communicate to us and so he became a baby. The most least threatening thing there is in the world, a little baby in a little manger. And he came and he wanted us to understand to not be fearful of him, to not think he's this this big, bad, horrible thing, but to understand that he came and he wants a relationship with us and he wants us to go home to live with him in heaven forever and ever and ever. Church, you matter to God so much. You do. Your problems matter to God. Your pain matters to God. Your potential matters to God. He came to this earth, and he wants you to not just seek him for the one time. He wants you to find him every day and say, 
Dad, where are we going today? Dad, what do we need to do now? Dad, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Instead of, well, I think we'll do this, and you just do it. And you go, and then you go, God, why did that happen? Why did that horrible thing just happen in my life? You didn't talk to Dad about it. You didn't get him involved in the thing that he needed to be involved in. This Christmas, seek Christ. Seek, and you will find him. That's his promise. That's his gift to us. Can you imagine being given a gift at Christmas and just not opening it up and just letting it lie? So many people are doing that. They're going to buzz right through this next week, and they're going to go through presents again, and they're going to sing a little bit, and they're going to hate the, the gatherings they get together with because Uncle Phil's talking politics, and they're not going to like it because so-and-so is doing this, and Aunt Sue does the turkey, and i got to go do this, and i got to cross this off my list, and they miss what it's all about, and we miss what it's all about. What if this was your last Christmas? What are you going to make any different this Christmas because of what you know and know in your heart? Hold out the hope. Look for the wonder. Celebrate with joy. Follow the baby. Let's pray as the band comes.